Stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Hello, Georgia. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. We are live today talking with Jerry Henry, the executive director of Georgia Carry. Of course, I am Doug King, your host, along with Jesse King, my beautiful wife and co-host, your your voice of Georgia Carry on the radio waves today. And we have an exciting show. This is our inaugural show, our first time kicking off our presentation to you guys about everything that's going on statewide, nationwide, and how it affects your gun rights here in Georgia. You know, we're a little different radio program than things that you might have heard before. We we take a local interest in things that are happening, you know, from Waycross all the way to Valdosta, Tifton to Savannah, uh, Augusta to Atlanta. These are the, the places of Georgia that where our listeners congregate, where people have real issues and, and real problems in, in the gun-carrying community. And, of course... GeorgiaCarry.org reaches out across the state to change the legislation, to make Georgia a better place, and to encourage people to exercise their fundamental God-given rights to carry a firearm in defense of themselves and others. As we get into our show today, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of things, and we've got a lot of different varied topics across that we're hoping to, to bring in to our listening audience. We're, we're not only going to be talking about, you know, gun rights issues, but we're going to eventually have some shows that will incorporate some ideas from local events, including gun shows or, or local tournaments. So if you own a gun range or have a, a shooting sports club or team that would like to be spotlighted on Georgia Carry Radio, just let us know. We, we have contact here at radio at georgiacarry.org, and you can reach out to us there. there. There's going to be some segments where we cover legislation that's coming up. Uh, you know, the Gold Dome is, is cooking away down there, serving up bills scattered, smothered, and covered every day during the legislative session, and we want to get down to the nitty-gritty basics of what's going on down there. Uh, each week, we're going to have a, a segment where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Of Can't going wait on. for that. And and there's going to be some really important topics where we get to highlight things that are going right and things that are going very, very wrong here in Georgia and how they affect Georgians. And and this is, you know, the primary focus of Georgia Carry Radio is to, to focus in on things that are affecting Georgia and Georgians. You know, there are lots of other out news media outlets out there that are talking about, you know, Congress and the president. And some of the things that Congress and the president are doing are affecting us, and we're going to discuss them. But it's this is a Georgia-centric program where you can learn about things that are happening in Georgia to Georgians and for Georgia from georgiacarry.org. Uh, I know we've got Jerry Henry sitting here with us today, too, and he's really excited to, to be here and to, ready to start discussing some of the things that are happening in the legislature. And I know that he's got a huge notebook here, folks, full of all of the bills that are coming up in our second segment where we are going to dissect these these legislative actions that are taking place around us. And Georgia Carey has really done a magnificent job since its inception in 2007 in getting the legislature to be responsive to the people. Correct. We've, uh, we started off with seven people. We're up to about 7,500 people. and uh, or, Excuse me, about 8,500 people, uh, members. And... Um, your voice is heard down at the Capitol, and they listen to what we have to say. We've been very fortunate in how we've changed the bills uh, in those last uh, almost eight years now. Well, it is eight years. And, and uh, this is a real grassroots organization. It where is. Pe- a, 
it people is. come up from from the local level to make a real difference. In our segment, our third segment, the good, the bad, and the ugly, we're going to be showcasing how one of the bills went from being a downright ugly bill to being mm-hmm. our bill of the week, basically, because of all of the action of the Georgia Carey members and That's the responsiveness correct. of the legislators. That's so correct. I wasn't here in 2007, and I'm not sure what Georgia's laws were like before 2007. Well, they were rated. We, we went through all the laws in, in each of the states and rated the state's gun laws. Georgia rated uh, 39th worst at that time. 39th out of 50. Out of 50. And we also had more locations off limits to carry than any other state because of our public gathering law. We had a public gathering law uh, that was passed in uh, 1870. Lasted 140 years before we got it repealed. It said you could not carry to or while at five different places you couldn't have it in the parking lot if you were going to that place if you were going to church you couldn't have a gun in your parking lot if you were traveling to church let alone if you were there so we got that changed in in 2010 through uh, sb 308 uh, and we made several other there was another bill hb 89 that we got passed in 2008 which gave us more liberties sb 308 did more and then last year we passed hb 60 which gave us even more. And according to a study that Guns and Ammo did, uh, they rated the gain the states as the best place to own a firearm, and Georgia was number three. So we've made a little bit of impact in the last uh, eight years. Well, we were really glad to get rid of that no carrying into the church thing because Doug and I have an open carry wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that wasn't even that long ago. We were really reveling in a lot of the changes that have happened over right. the last eight years. Yeah, I mean, you think about. Georgia being a southern state and kind of a, a bulwark of, of good home right. f- values and, and family values right. and, and tradition. Strong and, on liberty. And strong on liberty. Uh, I mean, we, we are one of the, the states that have fielded libertarian candidates more than any other state. Mm-hmm. You see, you know, influence of, of lobbying groups that are homegrown, not astroturf, but real true, right. you know, people who are involved in politics. Right. And you would think that of all the places, you know, you think about, you know, Massachusetts and California in New York and places where you know gun rights are, are looked down upon. Right. And then you've got Georgia. You would think that we would be in the pantheon to begin with of right. gun rights, but we weren't. We were not. Not even we close. Not. We were not even close. I can, I can name you several uh, of what we would refer to as liberal states that were a whole lot better. And in fact, uh, Vermont is probably still better than we are, and I wouldn't think they're a conservative bastion. You know, They have constitutional carry. They don't require... Uh, a firearm, there. I mean, a, a license to carry a firearm, and there are just very few off-limits locations if you're old enough to own a firearm. Well, I was reading uh, online the other day that West Virginia has an open carry without a license. You can carry open, just not concealed without a license. Have they, have they, oh, okay. Um, and we've looked at that down here. We have not got it. I think there's 27 states, 26, 27, 28 states who do allow their citizens to carry openly uh, without a license but still require it for a concealed and there are five states i believe that uh, have constitutional carry that require no license whatsoever to carry 
Well, Alaska is where I had been the last couple of years. I don't know if you knew this, Jerry, but I'm a practicing attorney, and I was a district attorney up in Alaska. And while I was up there, that was one of the, the really driving points that I took from Alaska when I came back to Georgia was in Alaska, I didn't need a license. I had a Utah permit. I had a, a non-resident Utah permit if I was going to travel, which opened up all, a whole bunch of states for me. Mm-hmm. But while I was home in Alaska, I didn't need a license. I could carry open or concealed anywhere I wished to, and it was just based on the fact that I was a, a law-abiding citizen over the age of 21, and I could do what I well pleased. Well, getting rid of the license is, is one of our long-term goals, as we have discussed before. Uh, we would like to see that go away. I, I look at it basically as a poll tax, if you remember back in, yeah. the, in the 60s until about, what, 1964, 65, uh, you had a poll tax. You had to pay a poll tax to vote in order to get your voter registration. You had to go down fill out that application and basically what that meant was that if you were white you'd get one if you weren't you probably wouldn't get one yeah and you know that that's a great analogy because i think that a lot of politicians who are against liberty and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on if you're republican or democrat if you're against liberty then you're against the free exercise of of your rights and the easiest way to restrict a right is through taxation and so we see in some of these bills we're going to discuss in our next segment things like training when training becomes cost prohibitive or or expensive and who's to define what expensive is you know because for us you know who live in buckhead or in the nice parts of town, you know, a hundred bucks may be no big deal to apply for a license right. or to get a training class. But if you're living, you know, in Section Eight housing in downtown Atlanta and you make, you know, one hundred and fifty dollars a month, a hundred dollars for a license and three hundred dollars for a training class, suddenly has priced you out of exercising exactly your God-given right. rights. You're exactly right, and and those people who uh, who do live in uh, Section Eight housing, etc. Matter of fact, that's one of the things that uh, HB sixty touched last year is that. Section 8 housing cannot prohibit them from owning a firearm uh, as part of the contract of of the housing agreement. So uh, we're aware of that. But you're right. There's a lot of people who just cannot come up with that extra. There's people between me and you that live in Buckhead that probably have trouble coming up with an extra $300 sometime (laughs) because there's a lot of people that are living right on their means to begin with. And if you start throwing extra money on there, you're going to be hurting them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the people struggle from day to day anyway. Oh, yeah, well, so especially in this economy. $75 that you have to pay for the permit just yep. it kind of bites you. Well, that $75 is now just a one-time deal, though. It used to be every time. But we got rid of the fingerprinting, fingerprint requirement for a renewal now for the license so it dropped back down to about $35. And and this is something else that we're going to discuss in detail in another segment because um, that that renewal rate is only good if right now according to the current understanding of the law if you stay in the same county for the rest of your life. If you move right. about in Georgia then they start hitting you with the, the, that fee over and over again. So that, That's the way the probate courts have decided to uh, to interpret HB 60. Which is unfortunate but there is always a, a react there's there's always a remedy for a judge who's not right. willing to follow the law. Folks, right. you are listening to georgiacarry.org radio and we will be back in just a minute to talk about everything that's going on underneath the gold dome right here on this your local station. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. 
Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. And this week we have Jerry Henry, the executive director of GeorgiaCarry.org, in studio with us as we are discussing the. We, we just came out of a segment discussing past bills and some of the historic accomplishments of GeorgiaCarry.org here in the state and how they have completely changed the landscape of carrying a firearm in Georgia. And now we are looking ahead at this legislative session. And, Jerry, I've got to be honest with you, it's, it's a little bleak this year. There's not a, a whole lot of. of of whiz-bang things happening underneath that gold dome. I, I made a joke in the initial segment that they were you know, serving up the bills scattered, scu- covered, and, and scattered, smothered. scattered, covered, and smothered. That's right. And it seems like maybe they've been having a little bit too much time at the Waffle House versus getting a whole bunch of really important bills out there. I think the only thing well, they're trying to smother over there is some of our rights, Doug. I think... <laughs> I think if you if you look, most of them kind of kind of want to rest from last year. We last year with HB sixty was a a big year, a big tough year, and I mean tough. Some of those guys went through pure hell trying to get that bill passed, and mm-hmm. they, as you know, after it was passed, I mean we had international news coverage all over the place. We had had uh, well, as a matter of fact, uh, Alan Powell made the, uh, a picture of Alan Powell made the front page of the New York Times and front page of the L.A. Times, and so. You know, all these things coming, coming off of a year like coming that. Coming off a year like that, everybody needs a rest. I'm telling you, <laughs> we need a rest as well. Well, so we have how many active bills in the in the assembly right now? Right now, there's eight that have been introduced. Active, probably one, but there's eight that have been introduced. And, and we can go with those and, right quick. And I want to talk about each one in depth. But a lot of the bills this year, a lot of the ones that were introduced were bills that were really targeting GCO, GCO's members, and a and lot of people. And HB 60. Yeah. And HB 60 from last and year. And so, you know, uh, you know we, we kind of get tempted to rest on laurels after a huge year like last year where something amazing happened. But then, you know, the opposition never sleeps, does no, it? No. One of the things that, you know, people people say, and a matter of fact, we had some of our, our uh, founding fathers of georgecarry.org said we'll go down we'll change the laws and then we'll go home and forget about it well you can't do that you can go change the laws but you can't go home and forget about it because as you say somebody gonna be nipping at your heels all the time yeah. well let's talk about some of these nipping at your heels bills because they're the ones that scare me the most i think okay. the first one we've got is the hb 186 isn't it well 186 uh basically was a, I, I think that was an error in judgment when it was put in uh that was last year hb 826 uh, was uh, introduced and passed uh, almost unanimously, unanimously in the House, uh, only two votes against it in the Senate. And the purpose of that bill was to uh, do away with zero tolerance, or at least to put some sanity in zero tolerance practices. Right now, if a if a child is found with a uh, if a student's found with a, a knife in his in his car, even if it's in his tackle box and locked in the back, you know, in the trunk of the car, if they find it. Then they have to call the law on him, mm-hmm. and he get can get charged with a felony. And what this does, uh, what HB eight twenty six did, was take that out of the hands of the law and put it in the hands of the school and let the school decide what they want to do. If they felt that the guy was there with a knife to do damage to people, do harm to people, then they could charge him as a as a felon. But otherwise, it's just a mistake. They can suspend him, you know, something along those lines, and say if you do it again. You know, well, I mean, that sounds you. like a really good bill to have. Sure. Zero tolerance, in my opinion, means zero brains. You don't have to think. You just do what this paper says, and you go. This allows the school board to set their policies on those, and, and it takes that definition of weapon out of the code section. 
Okay. Okay. So uh, that makes it a little bit easier. Uh, it, it's not nearly so bad. And HB 186, uh, uh, 826 was uh, supposedly overshadowed by 860 last year and did away with that particular section. Mm. So what the, Senator, uh, what the Representative Setzler did was he went and took the same sections that he was trying to get last year, copied it, put in a bill, and went. Okay. Okay. Well, that sounded good, except that when we started looking at it, Last year, all those things that were in this bill were exempted if you had a Georgia weapons license. This year, they weren't. So when we found that out, we said, oh, wait a minute. We cannot stand for this. And uh, we came in after they had a a hearing in the subcommittee. We discussed what we were going to do. We said, we've got to to oppose this bill. And we sent out a... a, um, an email in the afternoon saying we were opposed to this bill. I got that update. Yeah. And, right. and I mean, this, this is where, you know, the grassroots really takes effect. That's correct. Where we get into the, the nitty-gritty of these, well, these I, bills. I also got some phone calls about 8 o'clock that night said we're working on it for tomorrow's hearing. And the next day when they had another hearing, it was a hearing only. They didn't vote it out of the committee or what. Uh, the bill was acceptable to us. So because of the fact that GeorgiaCary.org members got active, started contacting the people we told them to contact, we got some action done there. So, now, this this isn't, you know, you calling up the senator. This no, isn't, you know, the, no. the executive committee of Georgia this, Carey this calling is, them up. This is the members of Georgia Carey, the people who do the work. Everybody gives, gives me and the board of directors the credit. We don't do that. The members are the ones that get this done. And this is simply done by calling the phone numbers that That's were correct. in calling the email. Calling numbers got this email. and emailing them and saying, we can't do this. And, and, and when they call in, and this is one of the hallmarks. Because, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've done a little lobbying here and there. I've talked to le- legislatures before and, and heard their responses. The deal is, is when Georgia Carey starts calling, they're respectful, they're That's educated, correct. and they're firm. That's correct. That's what we, we tell everybody. And uh, you'll notice in just about every email that we send out when we say contact your representatives, contact your senator, the lieutenant governor, whoever you want. We want you to contact. We tell you to be polite and firm, and tell them what you want to see happen. Mm-hmm. We do not want anybody down there screaming and hollering and calling them all kinds of names and saying, "I'm never going to vote for you again if you do." That. that doesn't work. If you talk to people like they're human beings, I mean, they've got a job that they're elected to do, and they're trying to do their jobs, and you give them your input then you've done your job. So uh, we do do that. So 186, that was basically what that is about, and it's still about that, trying to uh, decriminalize the, the, uh, some of the weapons at school. Uh, and it, uh, it has passed our muster now, and if it comes up again in a hearing, we will support that bill. Uh, not sure whether that will happen or not, but we will support that bill. Uh, HB 331... Uh, is um, to require completion of training within 120 days of issuance of weapons carry license. Okay, now I've got I've got real issues with this. Oh, I do too. I do too. Uh, this was introduced by Dexter Sharper, Sharper a Democrat from uh, 177th district. Uh, basically, they would require a training course to be given by the sheriff's office once every 60 days. It would be free to gun owners, and prior to applying for GWL. Or you'd be enacted a $25 civil fine. So and they're going to fine you or they're going to fine the taxpayers because eventually, well, I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah. It, ultimately, the taxpayers are the you'll ones be paying that for would my end up training. paying for the training. You'll be yeah. paying for my training. And um, 
the training course, as there's another bill here in the Senate, the training course like uh, is unspecified, basically. It says that it must contain this, but it doesn't say what it it has to, to do, the length of time, etc. So we, of course, are against that, and I don't expect anything to happen on that bill. Uh, you know, I look at a lot of things that government requires training for, and none of them are really running well or or are you know managed well you look at you know the dmv you look at dui classes you look at all these things you know drivers ed that are state mandated training courses and they're not exactly the pinnacle of the kind of training that you would hope to get in a life or death situation no they're not we're getting really close to a uh, commercial break. We about two and a half minutes. So we, we've got well, me, let, a couple more really good bills. Okay, let me. Well, we can carry over the next section. Uh, I, I want to say in this, I want everybody to understand this, that we have long been a supporter of training, and we continue to be a supporter of training. But everybody doesn't need the same training. You need some training. I need some training. I need Jessica more. Jessica <laughs> needs some training, and we want you to decide what it is. And we want you to be engaged and happy with That's it, correct. Too, because, That's you know, correct. when you're forced to go to a training class, like let's say correct. a DUI class or a defensive driving class or one of these other required forced trainings, you go and watch the people who are in this environment. They're mad at being there. They're not listening. They're, they're just trying to punch their, their card or ticket. And that's not the training we need. Have you ever looked around a job orientation? Oh, my goodness. Like seriously, looked around at the yeah. people at your job orientation, even yeah. if it's just like just a seasonal job, and see how many of those people are actually paying attention. You got a guy that's doodling on the desk, and you got a a guy that's texting, playing, playing Angry Birds. There's somebody twiddling their thumbs. Nobody's actually listening to the person well, that's talking, uh, and that's what would happen at these training classes. Another well, thing is, if if the government says this is a training that you need, when you get through, you have all the training you need. Why would you ever go and get any more training? Because the government has just set you up to take care of yourself in all situations. And the next argument will be, well, if you go and get more training, then are you making yourself somehow like a, a lethal weapon? Or are you going to above and beyond? Or is, could this be used to increase your liability, saying that oh, you yeah. had greater abilities than an average person? I mean, and I think that those arguments are completely BS in every oh, way, shape, and form. But when the government has laid out what is enough training, then who's to say, you know? I agree. So I agree. I, it's a terrible idea. I don't want the government deciding what kind of training I need to, to handle my firearm. Sorry. Or anything else. You know, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> All right. Time we got. So we we got one minute. Let's talk about HB 492 for a second. Well, HB 492, uh, we probably need a little more time on that. But okay. um, this basically clarifies some of what was in HB 60. Okay. Uh, they're, they're, they weren't mistakes, but it's the way they were written up, basically, and, and uh, interpreted by others. Uh, right now, uh, we were talking about the, doing away with the renewals, uh, with fingerprints on renewals. The probate courts read HB 60 to say that unless that GWL was issued in their county, then it's not a renewal. It's a new license. So this says anywhere you have one, if you have one that's valid, it's good and it's renewal no matter where you go. So we're coming up on this commercial break. When we get back, we'll continue discussing 492. All right. Folks, you're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio right here on your local station. Tune back in in just a moment for continuing discussion on all the bills underneath the Gold Dome. Now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, and we have been having a detailed discussion about all the bills that are underneath the Gold Dome this season with Executive Director Jerry Henry. And when we'd left, we were just starting to discuss a, a bill that will clarify GeorgiaCarry.org's position on renewals of Georgia weapons licenses. And this is important because right now the probate judges who are in charge of issuing pro, uh, the, the Georgia weapons licenses are interpreting the law to say that unless you stay in the same county all your life, it's not a renewal of your license, even if you've had one forever. That's correct. And so that's that's not a very good reading of what HB 60 last year well, was intending. It, it the problem the problem with what happened last year. It, it's you know it's the old saying about if you watch sausage being made, you won't ever. Yeah. Eat any sausage? Yeah. Well, if you watch laws, <laughs> if you watch laws being made, you kind of start thinking about sausage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, if you remember, we had to do some changing around last year to get HB sixty passed. HB sixty started off as HB eight seventy five, and when they made one of the changes, there were some lines that weren't lined through, and so it you could read it basically either way you wanted to because there were. A couple of lines should have been struck out that would have clarified it, and that's what we're doing now is clarifying that. Uh, and it was too late as as everything rolled through the the General Assembly last year. It was too late to get some of those things done because it would require too many uh, vote changes, etc. And so, and it's much easier to go back to the legislature sure. and have it amended than to start to fight this out and oh, take yes, it to the Georgia it, Supreme yes, Court. Yes. And as long as it's not taking away any of your rights, I agree with that. And this really wasn't. So this is, it just causes people to have to pay another fee when they renew another another fingerprint uh, renewal forty forty two twenty five or something like that. But a couple other things it does is right now if you look in the off limits places it says in a government building uh, this would say. Uh, in a government building uh, with as a non-license holder. Okay. So if you're in there with a non-license holder, you're in trouble. So uh, this would make Claire, you able to carry a gun into the courthouse with your license? Not or in no? a courthouse. Courthouse is off limits because a courthouse is not defined as a government building. Okay. Okay. Uh, clarifies carrying a gun within 150 foot of a polling place is off limits only during an election. Okay. Instead of it being instead of it being all forever. the time. Yeah. Even if can, it's never. Yeah, if somebody be used. says, "Well, that's a polling place. You're within 150 feet. I go arrest you." Well, unless there's an election going on, it doesn't matter. Um, and then, of course, the license. Uh, it adds a definition of armed forces. Uh, and that's as an to important what thing. is it, the armed forces? As I remember having arguments about this back oh, yeah. in the day. Yeah, uh, Georgia National Guard, the Georgia State the, Defense State, Force. Yes, all those. Uh, it it uh, is confusing to some point, and it's confusing to the law, which is or the law enforcement, which is what really bothers us more and than anything. Confusing to prosecutors. Yep. Uh, and it adds a provision for the courts to notify the probate court of a license holder who is convicted of a crime, which would make the license holder uh, ineligible to have a GWL, so that it would be revoked. If you kill somebody in Fulton County and your license is in is in Cherokee County. Guess what? You're going to lose your license, but you're not going to have to worry about it because you're probably going to be, you know, off at the big house somewhere well, anyway. I, th- I think that this is an important point to bring up because a lot of people will sit out there and say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." GeorgiaCarry.org. They're a gun rights group. All they care about is to strike down every gun law and, and create the wild west. But that's not it at all. Nope. We're looking to protect good law-abiding citizens. That's correct. 
and allow them to exercise their rights. Now, when you cross over to that other side and you're no longer a law-abiding citizen, you're not going to get any protection from GCO or from any other reputable gun rights group. That's correct. Too late. You know, you got to do it beforehand. Uh, it allows a probate uh, court or probate judge to verify the validity of a license via subpoena or, or court order. So if if you're in one county, then they have to go through the court system. Right now, you know, nobody can really tell you who's got a valid license and who hadn't except the probate court that issued it. Mm-hmm. So they have to go through the, the uh, procedure, certain procedure, to be able to get that even from them. A judge just can't call up and say, hey, give me this. Or the chief of police can't call up. It has to be proper to done. And it changed the definition of weapon uh, in 1611-129. I don't have that definition with me, but it basically it did away with a two-inch knife. Mm -hmm. uh, Right now, the the definition of weapon in 129 is the same as that in 1611-127.1, which is the school carry, which is a whole lot tighter. Right than what we had. So it, it it did that. That bill, in my opinion, is the only bill that has a chance to pass this year, and it was just introduced last week. So it has to be on a fast track because, uh, you know, day, day 30 is coming up pretty quick. Yeah. But, but that has, some, uh, that has some, some pretty powerful people on it. Uh, Alan Powell co-signed it. John Meadows co-signed it. Rick Jasper wrote the bill. Uh, Dusty Hightower, Mandy... Ballinger and Jay Roberts are all were all instrumental in getting HB sixty passed last year. So uh, that bill may very well come about. Now, folks, I know that you hear things like this bill's important and it needs to be fast tracked, and we're coming up on on the ter- crossover day. And here's the point: you know, you you wonder how do I get involved? How do I get into this? And who do I need to call? Well, all of this information is on our website That's at georgiacarry.org. You correct. go to georgiacarry.org, and you can get a plain language listing of all of these bills and what they mean and what they do. Who you need to contact when the hearing dates pop up. And we'd love to be able to tell you every day when the hearing dates were coming up, but they're not published a week in advance no. it's un- they're not able to nope. make all of our airtime nope. so nope. we can't give them to you in a real-time basis like we can on the website yeah. so we encourage you yeah. every day or two check out the website to see when the new if you're in the atlanta area and you want to come down to the capital and and talk to people or see these laws being made if you want some of jerry henry's sausage made right in <laughs> front of you you can come down to the capital if you're in the atlanta area and see when it's happening if you keep your eye on the georgiacarry.org website well, it, it is important that we we do that and keep up with these bills, et cetera. And I would I would add that sometimes we're lucky to find out the the afternoon before the hearing the next day, and that's when you the know, email updates come that, in. Well, that's when we get notified, and then we have to notify people when it's going to be right. And, and, and so uh, you know when you've got those last minute so, things, it's, you don't have even have time oh, to get yeah. it up on the website. Yeah. So you email out to the members. And now every single person who's listening to our voice today can go to georgiacarry.org and see. All of this information, none of it's members only. Yep. You don't have to that's punch correct. in a password to get into this inside information. Yep. But when there's stuff that's happening minute by minute, like changes in the hearing dates, changes in the schedules, or new things being added, the only way you're going to get that information is from a georgiacarry.org mini-update. Right. And those come that's out correct. through email to all that's of correct. the members. Uh, moving right along. That's all in the House. And as I said, HB 492 is probably the only one that, that has a, a very good chance of passing. Uh, the other bills are from the Senate, SB 48, uh, carrying in possession of firearms prohib- he, it, prohibit restoration of gun rights to persons who have been convicted of a forced, 
forcible felony. Now, I that's I Vincent think, Fort. I think that that is absolutely unconstitutional. Oh, I do too. George no Ford. doubt about it. Because if you get a pardon, we're going to give you a pardon with everything except that in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else, you get one. Uh, uh, the way I read this bill, even if the president pardons you, you're still out. And so, the way the way <laughs> that's I'm, ridiculous. Yeah. The way I'm looking at it, it's that. The legislature, which is an independent branch of government, is going to restrict the ability mm-hmm. of the executive That's through correct. the Board of Pardons and Paroles, which That's is an independent body under the Georgia Constitution. This is a really important fact because people think, oh, there's three branches of government. There's the executive, there's the legislative, there's the judicial. They're independent of each other. No one can control the other three. Well, in Georgia, there's actually a fourth branch of government called the Board of Pardons and Paroles. It is a separate and co-equal branch made by the Georgia Constitution. And here the legislature is implying that they can strip that board of one of its enumerated powers under the Georgia Constitution, which is absolutely absurd. That one is put in by Senator Fort uh, and has little to no chance of passing. They may get a hearing, but it probably won't come out of the hearing. SB 49 is also by Vincent Fort. Uh, he wants to repeal the statute relating to no duty to retreat prior to the use of force. When I read this one, I was blown away. <laughs> well, uh, that's something that, that he has been trying to do for quite some time. You know, everybody, uh, everybody wants to throw the Trayvon Martin case, you know, the self-defense case of, of uh, Zimmerman. Mm-hmm into the the mix as to why we shouldn't have it which uh, i say if you give the if you take that power away from me then you got to give it to somebody else and that means a criminal on the street will have it georgia as you well know has never had a duty to retreat never absolutely correct never even before it was a colony we didn't have the duty to retreat when it became a colony we did not have the duty to retreat and we do not have it now and we plan on keeping that that one i believe will uh, will not uh, go anywhere as well there's one other sb 67 whoop wait a minute i didn't get there's another one besides this one uh sb 67 uh prohibits carrying firearms in the government building which is trying to chip a little bit off of hb 60 last mm-hmm. year uh that one is by Eman- um wait a minute yeah emmanuel jones and uh I don't expect that to go anywhere. There's also SB 68, which is a training bill uh, for the Senate. Same basic mm-hmm. thing. Corollary to the House bill we correct. discussed. That's correct. I don't expect that one to go anywhere. Uh, so, and, and then there's HB 73, which allows police to detain a person right. to determine if they have a carry permit. Right. Well, let's there's talk a, about 73 in just, just a second. Um, We are coming up on a commercial break, so folks, stay tuned. When we come back, we'll discuss why the police should not be able to just pull you over for driving a car. We'll be back in just a minute on GeorgiaCarry.org radio. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio, and, and we're here this week with Executive Director Jerry Henry, and we've been discussing all of the bills that are underneath the Gold Dome right now, including this absolutely terrifying bill, Jerry, that mm-hmm. allows the police to detain you for doing something lawful. 
That's correct. I mean, that that's uh, – trust me. I've been on both sides of, of prosecution and defense, and this is the most terrifying thing I've heard in decades. Well, as you know, uh, the Supreme Court has come down on the side that that's unconstitutional on numerous occasions since dating back to the 60s, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's unconstitutional to begin with. We put it in – uh, we codified it in the law last year in HB 60 because of the fact that there were so many law enforcement people around Georgia who didn't didn't believe that to be the case. Mm-hmm. And they would go ahead. If they saw you, then you're going to have to, depending on where it is and who you are, you may bite some concrete. But they want that power over you if they see. Matter of fact, uh, Sheriff Seals uh, uh, in Putnam County, I think. He he made the statement that if he sees a thug walking down the street with a firearm, then he can't go ask him. Well, number one, how's he know he's a thug? Yeah. Uh, but regardless, that I agree. Detain. It's an illegal search and detain, and uh, I mean, should not would, be allowed. It, it's the functional equivalent of saying we we can pull you over when you're driving just because right. you're driving a car. You might not have a driver's That's license. That's correct. And and this is or you this, might be drunk, but you're not weaving, but you might be drunk. This is a terrifying prospect. When I lived in Alaska, we couldn't even do a, a roadblock, which you know, many states, including Georgia, allow mm-hmm. roadblocks to check every single right. driver right. because it's not specific. This is a specific. Alaska right. wouldn't even allow you to do that because you had to have probable cause to stop somebody or at least reasonable articulable suspicion right. that there was a crime being committed to be able to do this. And here mm-hmm. we're trying to throw everything of the Constitution out the window and open up a door to the police being able to say, papers, please. That's correct. They want to. They want to actually open up the door that we closed last year and let that same animal back out. It's a terrifying prospect. Now, now we've got That's a correct. segment right now, Jerry. We're we're going to do every week called the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, the good we've kind of touched on already. Right. right. HB one eighty six. Uh, that was a bad bill when it came out. We contacted the members. Everybody got active, and we turned it into a good thing because we reminded the. the uh, the legislators, as a matter of fact, even Alan Powell, who's the committee chairman of the Homeland Public uh, Home, uh, Homeland Home, Security and Public, uh, Safety. Public Safety Homeland Security Committee, whatever it is, he knows who he is. <laughs> uh, he made the statement in the hearing that he was uh, he would like to thank all the Second Amendment groups for reminding him that we're still out there and we're vigilant. I, so. <laughs> I think that that is is you know the the gentleman from Georgia's way of saying that he took notice of something. Yes, he did. Uh, we there can't were, let him forget. There were a lot of people that did that, and that's what you have to do. And that, and the good thing is that that our members were notified, they responded, and we got something done. That and that's the, the good thing. At the end of the segment, we'll talk about more how you can get mm-hmm. to be a member right. so that you can get these notifications. Right. So there, there's the good. We've got good people in the legislature who are responding. We've right. got good people out there who are calling. What's the bad this week, Jerry? Well, the BATFE. The ATF wants to ban M855 ball ammo. Uh, just because they think it's uh, it's dangerous, I guess. They call it armor-piercing, which, as you and I know, it might be depending on how close you are, but it's not it's not a, 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 a round that's used normally against the police. Right. It's, the, it's the most popular sporting rifle in the country. It's, yeah. an, it's a rifle and, ammo, right? Yes. It's, well, there is. they have a, a pistol now, but it, it looks almost like a rifle. It looks like AR-15 without a, out a stock on the back of it, but it, it isn't a normal type pistol that you or i would normally carry doug would but you know doug, well, doug we know how doug is but, but uh, most people wouldn't be carrying one around on the streets 
Uh, and um, we have a uh, we have our comments posted on our website as to why we think it's illegal, why it shouldn't be done, etc. And we would like everybody to go look at that and then okay. contact the, the ATF and tell them that we don't want this. Jesse was telling me some of the comments on our drive into the station this morning, and I think that she had some really great points that she was pulling off the Georgia Carey website. Mm-hmm. It's um, mm-hmm. one of one of the things on the Georgia Carey website. One of the comments, and it was that. It, it, to be classified as armor piercing, it has to have a jacket that weighs twenty five right. percent of the projectile. And weight. it doesn't. It doesn't. No. Um, it's not fully jacketed either. That very right. end is open. Right. Right. Steel so. painted green mm-hmm. and not copper, which means that it's not fully jacketed. Yeah. Um, it's also designed for use in a rifle, not really a handgun, and it has specifically and, and saying by the ATF standard that it has to be designed. For uh, and this is gun. this is just you know yeah, ATF trying to yeah. shoehorn again that's, that's because all they're doing. because you look at the the whole designation of was it designed for a rifle or a pistol that goes just clean out the window you can get you have rifle rounds that are anemic compared to a Smith and Wesson five hundred if, if you if you cut to the chase it's this administration trying to infringe upon our Second Amendment rights it's that simple they can't take if our they guns away, so away they're going to take and away what has happened what has happened right now. Is that's the most popular ammo for AR-15? It is sold out on shelves and it has doubled in price since they announced this, and that's what they're doing to us. And I think that something should be happening to that. But at any rate, that's the bad. Okay, now get involved something. and let's do something. And now we got the downright the ugly. ugly. The ugly. <laughs> we talked about the ugly earlier. Uh, that's House HB 331, which requires training in order to obtain a GWL. This was this is a bill that was put in by Representative Dexter. Sharper. Um, this story and, made me laugh so hard when I read it. And this gentleman last year, when HB 60 came up, he voted against it. He did not want you to have a right to carry a firearm anywhere you wanted to, basically. So after it passed, he's sitting around one day and he goes, You know, I don't really want to be the only one in the room without a gun if something happens. So I'm going to get a, fire, uh, a Georgia weapons license. He goes and gets one. He gets him a 380. Well, he's a convert, Jerry. He's a convert, except for one day. Now he's now when he gets it, he says, I don't know how to use this thing. I know I need training. But instead of me going and training it, I need I'll get a law passed that everybody in Georgia is as ignorant as I am on guns and gun laws when I got my weapons license. So now I'm going to force them into the same kind of training that I think they should have. So because he failed to get somebody to show him how to use his firearm. I have to take a training class. That's correct. No thanks. Yeah. This is this because is t- he now knows better. This is typical anti-freedom thought, and it boils down to the old adage: "What's good for the goose is good for the gander." If I have to do something, why not make everyone do That's it? Correct. Because everybody is the same. When you look at all of humanity as being the same, as having no difference in ability, no difference in education, no difference in opinion, then you get laws like this where they That's want correct. to lower to the lowest common denominator instead of embracing people differences embracing unique opportunities and education levels and in truly embracing individualism right. I mean, well it's also Doug king and making him take a gun safety course would like oh, yeah. it would be like making picasso take an art class sure. in uh, elementary school that's correct uh <laughs> <laughs> but it's also it's also as we discussed earlier it is a, a a method of gun control if you price people out of the market now in this one He's going to price the sheriff out of the market because he wants the sheriff to give it free of charge. But mm-hmm. 
the people in that county are going to pay for it, well, no matter yeah. what. So what's going to end up happening is the sheriff isn't going to be able to do it. That's correct. They don't have the resources for that, and so this is. And going then to become, you'll be you'll be lined up forever trying to get a course so you can go get your license. And Just, then all the people that didn't get it within 120 days get that little statutory fine put on them. What was it, twenty five or thirty five yep, dollars or whatever? Like that. So it becomes a money racket for the state rather than a, a necessity for law abiding citizens. I mean, it'd be like you're talking about people standing in line. I envision bread lines in Russia sure. or, or healthcare lines <laughs> in Massachusetts. Well, it would. So, so, folks, we, we are almost out of time. We, we have had so many different bills to talk about today, and, and we really thank Jerry Henry for being here to guide us through all of these different bills. But the most important thing anyone can do is to get involved in georgiacarry.org. And the way to do that is to reach out through their website, georgiacarry.org. We've been saying it all day here, haven't we, Jesse? Yes, we have. And you can go there and you can sign up for your membership. You can also go to just about every gun show in the state and see a Georgia Carry member working for free, volunteering, out there, getting the word out, getting people signed up. And you can talk to them and get pamphlets and get in more information. All the information's online. The information's available at gun shows. The information's available just by reaching out. You can go to info at georgiacarry.org, or you can contact us at radio at georgiacarry.org if you have any questions at all. But on top of that, you get not only do you get a membership in an organization, you get information to help you get involved, but you know that you're a part of something bigger than yourself, and you are moving forward with a group of over 7,000 people. People trying to enact better laws across this state. One other thing that we would ask you to do, as, as this is our inaugural show, we are being carried by stations across Georgia. And we would, if you are listening to us on a podcast on the georgiacarry.org site, or if you're listening to a download off of the internet of, of this broadcast, and you're not listening to us on a local station, contact your local stations and tell them you want to hear georgiacarry.org radio every week. You, they can reach out to us at radio at georgiacarry.org for all of the information to be able to carry this show on your local station so that you can listen to us every week, get the most interesting news and topics brought to you about Georgia, about guns, about politics, about things that are important to your lives. Right, Jesse? That's right. You know, we also go to uh, most of the festivals that we have around here. Um, the Moonshine Festival, just any festival, Hummingbird Festival down in Hogansville, any festival that we can get into over the states, we go to. Well, this, this is an important opportunity to be able to change your, lo- your lives, to be able to change the laws, and to get involved. Folks, this has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. Tune in next week for another exciting broadcast. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8, right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.